Okay, welcome back to another episode of Mentoring the Daily. I'm here this week with Anne Dean, our worship pastor. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, tell us something about you being at the church, whatnot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yes, I'm Andine O'Neill, and um, I've actually been here now 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was fast. I know. I was I was 29 when I was hired, and now I'm 39. So here we go. I've lived a whole decade, and yeah, I have three young kids and love working here and doing lots of different kinds of things, including music and art and teaching and whatever. Now podcasting. All right. Woo! You were probably on Joel's podcast too, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to have a big topic today. Um, I had just been thinking a lot about uh, the different ways, I guess, that you can know God and um, grow your relationship and um, thinking kind of about taking an approach of just simply reading the Bible for personal relationship with God versus sort of theological, you know, knowledge, maybe uh uh, like what you would get a seminary degree in, which Andine has. And yeah. I thought she might have some good insight into sort of the pros and cons of both approaches to knowing God and how to maybe approach both of those things. And so uh, let's start with just sort of like maybe talking, what are your thoughts on how you would define those two approaches? Well, yeah, I mean, everything's on a spectrum, I would say. Um, but if you're going to pick the extremes of the spectrum, Maybe one side says that, you know, to know God means to study and to learn and to be able to really grasp all the tenets of systematic theology and all of church history and you know, all these different things that you can know to care about the bride of, of, of Christ to, and to care about the Trinity and to be able to articulate these things to other people. And, and so there's there's kind of the one extreme, and then then the other extreme on the other side of the spectrum would be, um, that's in essence kind of a waste of time. <laughs> the whole goal is to know the person of Jesus and to walk with him closely. And if Scripture helps you, great. But maybe that's not not your cup of tea. You know, maybe you just pray a lot or listen to worship music or whatever. But you want to fill your heart and your mind and your soul with the awareness and the sensitivity of the movement of the Holy Spirit and kind of walking with him. Um, now, I would argue that either one of those extremes is missing something from mm -hmm. the other side. Right. And if you're camping out on one side only, um, you are kind of prone to a version of idolatry or a version of self-centeredness mm -hmm. that's actually missing the invitation of the full sense of discipleship that God calls us into. So that's kind of like my introductory, <laughs> putting it in two sides. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that interested me about this topic is that I grew up feeling a little bit like I spent time in Bible studies that were all about like, how do you uh, behave? And like kind of on that further side of just like, how do you know God and know what he wants from you? And not yeah. a lot of time in Bible studies that were a little more theology. Mm -hmm. And I did develop this like, well, that's not, you know, I had a friend who went to uh, a Bible school and she was like, I don't have time for Bible study. I'm in the Bible all the time or something. And I was like, I feel like you still need the, you know, yeah. personal time. Um, which, I mean, I don't want to throw her under the bus. Like yeah. she's a wonderful Christian woman. 
but um but anyway but then coming to this church you know adding that theology has been super fun um but learning then to balance those two i guess has been what has caused me to start thinking about this question right of like um how do you balance those two and we talked a little bit ahead like personalities can sometimes play into that um but maybe what would you uh like how would you balance them like what yeah you know again like personality is going to play into that so a little bit but uh well, yeah, I think that we're we're all whole three-dimensional people. And so we all maybe have, I don't mean to sound like I'm playing to the concepts of consumer Christianity, because that I wouldn't agree with. But there's an element of like who we're made, our personality, our Enneagram type, our <laughs> what kind of parents we had, or what kind of Sunday school program we had. You know, it fed certain parts of our souls. And then we realized, oh, wait, these was other parts that I really care about. And so <laughs> I just... I just kind of want to lay the groundwork that we we all are a, a little different, but um, I do. And you brought up the concept of like kind of studying God almost like as a as a rule book, like right. as, as yeah. a way to be good, which is almost like a third you know element. Of I suppose triangle. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Versus knowing everything or versus being feeling really close, everything. Yeah, personally with him. So there are these different things, but I feel like. <sighs> It's funny because, of course, I have been to seminary and I was telling Millie before this that, like, considering my personality, um, study of the Lord is is actually something that brings me most personally close to him. So that that is mm-hmm. an aspect of, of my personality, but um, that I can't I can't get away from. But I guess I'm going to go to the foundation here and think about the Trinity. So you could think about the Trinity as this incredibly like theologically deep concept that would take you years to study and you could read all these books about it and Mm -hmm. know it. Mm -hmm. The Trinity is also on this other side where it is actually all about communion. Like that's the point of the Trinity. And I don't mean, of course I do mean in a way, I guess the Eucharist, because that's how we join in. But, but I actually mean communion as in community, like Mm -hmm. they are together. They Mm -hmm. are like walk and live and pour out every aspect of the Trinity, one person to the other persons of the Trinity, they're all pouring out and sharing love. And so that concept of communion is essential. And in in the image of God, we were created. So in the image of the Trinity, we were created. We weren't just created in the image of one person of the Trinity. We were created in the image of, of three. So to me, that communion is something that we were designed to participate in with God. So mm-hmm. So my complicated, rather theological answer, and I'm sorry if that's confusing, but is that we were literally created for the fullness of all of this. And Mm -hmm. some people will kind of naturally desire more of that study. Mm -hmm. And not everyone will. And I don't think everyone has to have that as a top priority. But I do hope that they realize that that, like scripture and and con- consciousness of the, the history of scholarship that we have on it is important and beautiful and an aspect of, of something to be grateful for. Um, but if that were ever like divorced from the kind of end um, goal sounds too achievementy, but the end kind of pursuit of being with Christ and God and the Holy Spirit that is what is sad. Now, because of my personality, and I was telling Millie this, when I when I preach, 
like a couple times a year, maybe a little bit more, but I, I walk closer with Christ than I almost am at other times because <laughs> I just feel brought to this place of just knowing him. Um, but it would be really poor, uh, behavior or poor kind of study if I was brought to this place of closeness because I felt like I was mastering his material mm-hmm. and that made me feel good or something. Right. Instead, like I am being mastered like, mm-hmm. by what is in the scripture and I end up coming closer to him. My last sermon, I'll confess, was really hard. It was about submission between men and women and <laughs> slaves and masters. And it was really tricky. And I was, before I started, I was like, Lord, I'm actually struggling a little bit with you. Like, mm-hmm. why is this in the scripture? This is so hard. Yeah. You know, like, help me. And then I studied it and I was like, wow, the gospel changes everything. Like the mm-hmm. gospel changes the systems of society, even in these nuanced ways and we have these letters written by the early church fathers that show us this and i wouldn't have come to that place of closeness apart from study Mm -hmm. but study kind of showed me that so yeah and one other thing i think i'd add is the disciplines of of the church the disciplines like richard foster has written a book on this dallas willard and there there's there are two um seminal books on these things there's others Study is one aspect mm-hmm. of coming to know to know God, but there's so many others mm-hmm. that are really important. Um, prayer and fasting, and I think submission is its own discipline that's separate. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so study needs to be in its proper place, mm-hmm. or knowledge needs to be in its pro- everything needs to be in its proper place. Yes, yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm going to ask you a really practical question. So if we wanted to do some, like, what resources or reference material would you, if you wanted to study on your own, like I'm at home reading that passage in submission and I I wanted to do my own study, like how, do you have some practical resources you would recommend? Well, I say what not to do is just Google it. Okay. Yeah, because you'll just get every different response. Um, and, and so uh, what you might consider doing is um, you could think about a current or past teacher that you might know of that you respect and go to them and see what they would recommend. I mean, this is where we, where we need mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that just prayer like i said you know like i had this moment before like really diving into this passage where i was like god like this is hard like will you help me and i think that that personal approach and connection like don't skip over that Mm -hmm. like don't that's a practical thing but it's also a personal and a spiritual thing so maybe like like first like naming what you're reading and not being afraid to say to god this doesn't make sense, or I don't like this. Here's how I'm reading this, God. Not sure this is really what you want to be saying in today's culture, so let's explore this a little. Exactly, because that changes the concept of here's this piece of paper in front of me that's on onion skin in my Bible, and I'm just like this external person looking down into it and studying it. And that conversation you just said changes that from, Lord, I am already connected to you in heart, mind, and soul because I'm your follower. Your word is living and active and it's sitting in front of me. And this is hard or this is tricky. And I, I need your help. It keeps 
it keeps that personal connection with the Trinity, like consciously alive in your spirit, mm-hmm. which it always is, whether or not you're acknowledging it, right. but, but for your own sake, you're acknowledging it saying like, help me in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like if you were sitting across from a person and they were saying something and you kind of like, didn't like it or you were confused by it or you didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. what it was that they meant. And you like just kind of started writing about what they said and you started asking people next to you instead of like looking to them and mm-hmm. saying, can you help me understand what this is about? Right. And like treating it like a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that keeps that relationship um, healthy. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's what I, yes, yeah. very much recommend. And then like studying what solid good teachers um, have. And depending on the complexity of the passage, and some people know this very well, and some people don't know it at all, but there's things called commentaries. And these are books that theologians have written all about like a particular book of the Bible. And the pastoral staff here at Cross, depending on how deep you want to go into any of these things, could recommend some writers for mm-hmm. different books of the Bible that we would recommend. Because of course, I mean, the scriptures have been a point of interest for study for many, many, many centuries. Mm-hmm. And you can go to seminary and study these scriptures under people that don't even believe that, like they're atheists. Right. But they have studied them out of interest and have like things they want to teach you about them. Well, it's not that you can't learn anything from them, but I actually think there's ways in which we could, but the best course of action I would recommend for the average congregational member would be to find somebody that aligns with the orthodoxy that we in the Anglican church mm-hmm. hold to and read what they would have to say about it for, for especially tricky things. Okay. But I don't think that everyone has to choose that path. I mean, mm-hmm. they could just come and have a conversation if they want external right. processing about something with one of us or there's lots of ways. they. So we can it. either dive deep in if that's really our thing or we can just call up and be like hey andy hey christian hey cheryl hey andrea yeah. i read this tricky passage any thoughts yeah well that's the body i mean that's that's like so cheryl does her um you know narrative bible study in a way where they they just sit and talk about the story of what's happening in scripture and ask question after question after question and that is a beautiful way to approach the scriptures mm-hmm. and it and it and what one really cool thing about that is how it like depends, relies on the bride of Christ to bring kind of these nuggets of beauty to light to just discuss it together. Mm-hmm. And then I know, like, for instance, the more Wednesday night evening Bible study um, relies a little bit more on like, here's here's what, you know, some people have delved uh, right. like academically out of it or, or you know the theologically out of it and let's talk about it together as well. And those are two beautiful approaches and they both depend a lot on the body to share with one another and it builds community and there's lots of other positive things along the way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone should boil, I mean, I'm being redundant at this point, but boil their kind of spiritual walk down to how much Bible study are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because that's not the goal. That's one of the disciplines mm-hmm. of knowing God. But again, this is a relationship that we're trying to um, nourish. Mm-hmm. And the more that you nourish it from all these different avenues, the more enriched your walk of faith is going to be. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, so we talked kind of about 
if we wanted to pursue study and theology and that kind of thing. Let's let's sort of yeah. go back to the other side of it now and the personal relationship side and sort of some of that type of pursuit, yeah. you know. And it's, I mean, a lot of what we talked about with the sort of theology, you know, intellectual side included a lot of personal, I mean, yeah. as you talked about, you yeah. know, you can't really, hopefully we're not living on either end, right? Yeah. But just thinking about it from somebody who maybe wants to spend more time in the personal and less, yeah. like, so coming, coming from the personal into the center versus coming from the intellectual into the yeah. center, you know, approach. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I would just say that Anglicanism is a wonderful place for that. Yeah. Because every Sunday morning you can come and you may have done nothing that week. You may have not opened your Bible. You may have not prayed once. You may have done anything. And you can come. And if you're one degree above passive and you just say the things that are in the bulletin and you pray the prayers that are there and you listen to the scripture, you are participating in that walk with Christ, that that communion with him, even on Sundays. So Anglicanism doesn't have what I have sometimes felt or heard in some other denominations. I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but there's not the same sense of, have you done your work in order to get here? Which mm -hmm. sometimes people can feel that in other yeah. places. And I just think that Anglicanism is like, you know what? Come ye broken, ye weary, mm -hmm. come and rest. Mm -hmm. come and show up and just be here. Mm -hmm. And, and the spirit is present and he is doing the work in you and you can have an openness. Like that's the work, I guess. That's the degree of effort to have an openness and a receptivity to the work of the spirit as you participate in this liturgical service. Um, and then to talk about outside of a Sunday morning, I mean, the book of common prayer is a wonderful a resource mm -hmm. for this, where there's there's actual morning prayer, which is a little longer. I might feel like a little more effort, but there's a lot of different things you can open to that that section of the Book of Common Prayer and literally just walk through these things that for centuries um, Christians have been using to commune with and walk mm -hmm. with the Lord. And yes, the scripture involved, and you can read a psalm and different things like that, but you can also just participate in these prayers that have been written for you, and you could just come and rest in them. And then there's even shorter, um, like devotional things. There's like devotions for, for individuals and families in the middle of the book of common prayer. And there's a morning one and a noon and an evening and like a bedtime one. Mm -hmm. And they're really short. Mm -hmm. I use them to end meetings sometimes. And it's just like, oh, I just feel like I just commune with the Lord through these beautiful prayers mm -hmm. that, again, have been written for centuries. And I... And it was quick. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh, was talking to Molly about this a, a few weeks ago, and she was saying that um, she feels like, I think it was the evening prayers that they do, that she's like, they just focus me. And what it made me think about was um, how culturally, like this past year, like we were in Sedona, and I follow somebody, on an influencer, and they like the the crystal thing like Sedona is all very new oh, age yeah, there were yeah. crystals everywhere this woman I follow meditates holding a crystal and Riss actually just got a job at a place that sells crystals <laughs> it's like okay uh anyway I feel like I'm kind of surrounded by this concept this past year and that's the same idea is like focus right so when she used that word to talk about you yeah. know doing evening prayers I'm like we have that 
yeah. in the church. We don't need a crystal for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to be able to focus our minds and, um, yeah, just, uh, be present in that moment. Yeah. And you don't have to use, I'm just using, I'm just using the Anglican tools, but yeah. they're not like the only thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, like and the Anglicanism would say that too, you know, like there's just like, go for a walk in creation yeah. and, and attune your heart, you know, mm-hmm. in a conscious way. Again, there's kind of this receptivity and this intentionality, but it, it doesn't have to be go out and read a commentary today because that's what you got to do to right. walk yeah. with the Lord. Well, if, if, if that would be helpful to you for the very thing that you're thinking about and studying, then great. But hopefully it's all aimed at this close walk with God where he knows you, you know him, and you're depending and relying on him. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, you mentioned the crystal thing. I was recently, I shared this with the um, music team. But um, actually, I think it was Molly who first introduced me to this concept as well, that there's like this mental health aspect to singing which of course I knew there was all these positive things about singing, mm-hmm. but um, like I delved into it a little bit more and what it's, what it, the idea that prompted me to delve into it was that um, when we sing, we exhale longer than we inhale. And that's like a physiological trigger for telling your brain that you're safe. Interesting. Yeah. And so with that, I was like, whoa, and God designed us to sing. I mean, where do we, where in society do we sing as much as we do in church? Especially right. in our Anglican churches. <laughs> we sing so much. We sing more than a lot of other churches do. A lot of songs on Sunday morning. But um, there's this way in which, obviously, you know, there's so many other positive things with singing we could talk about, but I don't want to take too much time. We can do a whole nother podcast yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the concept that, struck me is that there's this passage in scripture where it literally is like, don't get drunk, but instead sing to God. And I was always like, why is that paired together? Like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. But it's kind of like what you were just saying about crystals. It's like, you don't need some other worldly thing to help you feel better or feel more centered or feel mm-hmm. focused. Do what I've created you to do. Mm-hmm. Sing to me, commune with me. And for some people, singing is truly a discipline that helps them feel mm-hmm. really connected um, yeah. with the Lord and this pursuit of him. And so I think there's just like how Cheryl, you know, um, I don't like the word decorate, but adorn sounds kind of fancy and weird too, but <laughs> makes the sanctuary and, and Nina Wiskus helps her a lot too. And Gerard, of course, they make it so beautiful. It it triggers things in us mm-hmm. to pay attention and to walk with the Lord. And I think outside of study, which is one avenue, there are so many ways we can sort of adorn. I wish I want another word, but anyway, adorn our lives in such a way where we're prompted to walk with God and be conscious of him. We can use the spiritual disciplines. We can, we can pray, we can use the resources he's given us, we can look outside and notice creation, we can sing, um, There's, we can talk with one another, commune with one another, mm-hmm. um, to, to think about the holy and good things of the Lord and, and, and be vulnerable with one another. All of these contribute to kind of the three-dimensional whole and holy um, discipleship pathway uh, with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I actually, as you were talking, I was thinking about another one that I recently learned. um, 
so I live in downtown Hopkins here and, you know, we've got the Catholic church that has the bells on it, that yeah. bell every hour. And I learned that the bell, the idea of the bell is for people to hear it and refocus on God once an hour. And then there's a longer one at noon where we're, you know, oh, idea of taking a little bit yeah. longer and a longer one, I think at six or something like that. And um, Hopkins is not the only place that has bells, but right. I live here. Yeah. Um, actually, when we lived in Edina, we lived near a church that we could hear their bells too. And I wish I had known then, you know, but anyway, so like even yesterday morning, I am getting ready to leave and there's snow. I've got to brush off of Riss's car to get it out of the way so that I can pull my car out of. And literally as I walk out there, like, oh, I hear the bell go off. And it was just this like uh, trigger in my mind, like yeah. to you know, focus on God's presence in this, you know, drudgery moment, you know, and so yeah. just, I mean, creating little triggers throughout the day that we can just say, even if you put an alarm on your phone with a lovely bell or something, just, yeah. you know, to like refocus once an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't hear the bells every hour. In the summer, I have the windows open and I'll hear them a lot more often than in the, winter, so cool. in the winter, I have to be standing outside cr crabby about brushing <laughs> snow off to hear the bells. <laughs> See, we don't live next to bells, but I live really close to the siren that they test once Oh, there you I go. I should be assigned a meaning of that siren in my brain. There like, you go. Focus on God this month. Focus on God this month. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's fun to even talk to you about this because it's like getting me excited. I mean, obviously it's the beginning of December. Well, maybe you don't know this. We're recording this in the beginning of December and I just decorated my house for Christmas. And so there's this way in which I'm more conscious of the meaning of this season, mm -hmm. which is of course more than presents and Santa and everything. And it's this longing for the Lord and, and for his coming and for the amazingness of him coming as a human, as an infant, and it's in my mind more because I'm doing more things to, to remember it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there's just so many fun and beautiful ways to walk with God, even when it's like a chaotic or hard season. There's just things that we can that we can do. And study is certainly one of them. But um, mastery of the Bible is not something that God asks of us at mm -hmm. all. Um, it is an invitation to know him. Yeah. Um, but it's one, it's one part of it. And for some people, it's, it's really a beautiful part. And for other people, it's maybe not the main part. And that's fine. Awesome. Well, that is a great uh, summary conclusion. So uh, we'll wrap up. We went a little long, but I think it was very worthwhile. So thank you so much. And uh, that is it.